0: Well, good evening to everybody. I'm so excited to be at Grace tonight with one of my favourite sons in the whole world. Firstly, I would like to express my sincere gratitude to Bishop Moser, to Pastor Gigi and the Grace Bible Church leadership for the invitation to speak at the conference. I consider Bishop Moser a son in the Lord, a special son. From humble beginnings working in a wholesale back uh, storeroom as a young man, he is hungry to study the Word and serve in the ministry. He has grown to be one of the most influential Christian leaders on the continent today. Zelda and I and the Rama Church family love him, his wife, and the church dearly. Thank you for the distinct honor of being a speaker at your annual word explosion over all these years. I really appreciate it. I don't take it lightly. I honor it, not only me, but all our leaders. For the past year and a half, we have found ourselves in challenges Uncertain times, the rise of the COVID-19 virus, the rise of panic, fear and insecurity. All coupled with a plummeting global economy, we are faced with choices daily. A wrong decision can cause much heartache, whereas making a wise choice brings peace. Tonight I'm talking about choices, and the title of my message is Which Road Will You Take? Start each day in faith. Set your mind in the right direction. Then go out expecting the favor of God to make all the difference. I want to encourage you tonight to keep pressing on, keep going, Don't go backwards, keep going forwards and don't limit God. God's plan for your life is so much greater than you can imagine. In closing, D.L. Lawrence said, I want to live my life so my nights are not full of regrets. Now we're going to have no regrets after tonight and we're going to Do what God's Word tells us to do tonight. Bless you. Thank you for having me come to preach. It's an honor. The message tonight is, which road will you take? As we travel on the road of life, we are confronted with choices that we must all make. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 reads, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. My translation is, don't be stupid, choose life. That both you and your descendants may live. Making the right choice at the right time can be a defining moment in your life. I've looked back in my life at defining moments uh, the choice to go to Bible school, the choice to start a church, etc. The many choices that were defining moments in my life. For the choices you make today determines where you'll be tomorrow. The only true freedom we have in life is the freedom to choose. Think about that. Once we have chosen, we become servants of our choice. That's why it's so imperative. You make the right choices and seek God about it. You see, we all have the freedom to choose, but don't have the freedom to choose wrong. Isn't that something? We all have freedom to choose, but don't have freedom to choose wrong. We have the power to choose bitterness or forgiveness. Power to choose to walk in love or to walk in anger and unforgiveness. In Ephesians chapter 4, Verses 30 to 32, I'm going to read from the New King James. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You can grieve him. By whom you are sealed for the day of redemption, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another. Pastors, we need to be kind to each other. We need to love each other. Be tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. We cannot change our past, but we can sure shape our future. What a nugget of truth. Can't change the past, but we can shape our future. That's how we press on. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 12 to 14 from the Amplified reads, Not that I've now attained this ideal or have already been made perfect, but I press on to lay hold of the grasp and make my own, that for which Christ Jesus, the Messiah, has laid hold on me and made me his own. I do not consider brethren and sisters that I've captured and made it my own. Yet but one thing, but one thing I do, this is the one thing he does, it is my one aspiration. He couldn't be more thoughtful than that. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. You see, we can have been attacked with the virus. We can be attacked financially and economically. We can be attacked with our children that are not serving God and and stuff like that, all different giants and enemies. But one thing we do, we press on, forgetting those things which are behind, and we move forward. Your kids will serve God. You will be blessed going in and blessed out financially. And God's hand is upon you for good and not for evil. And tonight you are victorious. Tonight you're more than a conqueror. Mark eleven twenty six. if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Boy, be quick to forgive. You know, I made the mistake quite a few times where I've waited too long to forgive. I know I'm not going to forgive. They hurt me. They did this against me. They said this about me. No, 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 no. Now listen to me. If one thing pastor can teach you, your pastor's Pastor can teach you is to quickly forgive and quickly get back to walking in love towards those around you. You see, you have the power to choose to give up or to go on. I want to give you some examples that I've always used all these years because they're fantastic. There was a man, John Stephen Aquari of Tanzania, in the Olympic Games. He never gave up despite pain and injury. He had hurt his leg so bad that he was limping. And it took him so long to finish the race that it was dark when he came into the ground. And there was a handful of people waiting there that's family. And people thought to themselves and some of them said, why is it, doesn't he just stop? There's nobody else left. There's nobody watching. There's no other runners. It's just him. Why doesn't he give up? So when he'd finished, put the tracksuit on, he lay down on the floor exhausted, and the one guy said, why didn't you just give up? And this is what he said. He said, because my country sent me to finish the race, not just to start it. Oh, what a blessing. God's called you to finish your race. Some people just start and they go a million miles an hour and a year's time you say, where's Sansa? No, he's gone back to the clubs or whatever it is. But we're going to finish our race, amen? We're going to finish our race. We've got much to do. Terry Fox ran to raise money for cancer and he never gave up despite the pain and the struggle that he had, he finished the race. Well done, Mr. Fox. I'll tell you, I honour you and respect you. And I have more respect for people that finish the race than those that start 100 miles an hour and never finish. You see, you never quit on God, never, because he never quits on you. I'll tell you, he never does. There have been times in my life I thought, this is it. I don't think I can carry on with the heart attack, with the disc removed, so many different attacks of the enemy. But you must see yourself subject to change. See your situation subject to change. There's great hope ahead. There's great blessing ahead. There's great things for us to do ahead. And I think a lot of people thought, well, that's the end of Ray McCauley. Now I'm telling you, I'm just beginning with my brother Moser and all the family that we walk together with. The churches we're going to build, the things we're going to do are going to be great. I'm excited about it. Be excited about your pastor, too. Be excited about what's ahead for him. Pray for him. Bless him. Speak positively about him. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight because we win. Lay hold on eternal life. To which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Know that when you make the decision to go on, God will produce the strength to see you through. I quote just about every day, when I'm weak, I am strong. That's what God promises. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 10, Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan. It's not God making you sick. It's not God trying to destroy your life. It's not God pushing thorns into your flesh. It's the enemy that wants to destroy you. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that I might depart, that he might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. God's riches at Christ's expense is sufficient for you. God's given you all the grace that you need to finish your race. And thank God that grace is in us, it's with us, and it's for us. Let me repeat it. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That's the anointing. That's the Holy Spirit. I sense him right now. I'm getting stronger and stronger as I'm preaching. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Raise your hand right now where you are. Say, thank you, Jesus, for your grace. And then give him a hand clap. Amen. He says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. He says it again. He says it time and time again. That's why we can say when we feel weak, it's no excuse to back off and to walk away and to admit defeat. It's to believe God for his anointed Holy Spirit strength that we can become strong in what we're doing right now. You do the desiring. He will do the producing. You do the desiring. He will do the producing. You have the power to choose to live in hope or despair. There's so much negativity at the moment around the fires, the viruses, The economy, there's so many different things that we can look at, but we don't look at them. Our eyes are on Jesus and our eyes are on his promises. My God shall supply all our need according to his riches in glory. You see, we can live 40 days without food, eight days without water, Four minutes without air, but only a few seconds without hope. So don't let hope disappear from your life. Guard it, treasure it, confess it, and stay hopeful. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil. To give you hope in your final outcome. No future, no vision. Bishop Moses is going to still do great things, build great buildings, grow great churches. And him and his wife are going to do wonderful, wonderful things for the kingdom. That's the vision they have. That's the vision I have too. And we keep that vision before us. If you have no future vision, you will remain where you are. How many people have I bumped into over the years and they're still complaining about the same things? They're still taking another lap around the mountain. They haven't gone on with their life. They make a million excuses why they're not where they should be. But I'll tell you where there's no future vision, you will remain where you are. So be visionful tonight. Be visionful Jeremiah 17, verse 7. Blessed is the man or the woman who believes and trusts in you. He relies on the Lord and whose hope and confidence the Lord is. Confidence, hope, be filled with it. Depend, trust, rely upon him. Great things ahead for you some young men and women sitting in the congregation tonight God wants you to know there's some great plans he has ahead for you God has a great plan for one of you to preach one of you have a wonderful voice to sing and others are called to serve in a wonderful way and as you do that God will enlarge your tent and make it bigger and bigger and bigger I remember when Bishop Moser came to the church and he got a job in the bookshop in the wholesale department, putting books back, lining the books up straight, serving, cleaning the store. And look what God's done today. And it's just the beginning. It's going to be far greater than it's seen before. Hopeful people believe God has the answer to every problem. God has the answer before the problem comes. He's got it and he's ready with it. You have the power to choose to live in the determination to endure or to stay in the paralysis of self-pity. Everybody is a victim. Everybody loves to blame everybody else. But we're not like that tonight. Blame game is not in our vocabulary. If we come, come, come across a giant, we defeat him. If we've got to get up on that mountain and climb it, we'll climb it and overcome it. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us and loves us. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 12 to 18, For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the depositions and against the powers, against the master spirits, who are the world rulers of this present darkness. Yes, they're everywhere. Yes, they're ruling. Yes, this virus is running rampant. But we can overcome it. We're really nearly there. We will have the victory. We fight against the spirit forces of wickedness in heavenly supernatural sphere. Therefore, put on God's complete armor. Put it on the shield of faith, sword of the spirit. Put it all on, the helmet, and walk tall. You're more than a conqueror. And when you do that, you'll be able to resist and stand your ground on that evil day of danger. And having done all, all the crisis demands, to stand firmly in your place, stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity and moral rectitude and right standing with God. And it goes on, having shod your feet in the preparation to the face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness and the readiness produced by the good news. You can Put your shoulders back today. On the armor of God, a victorious soldier, and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. Take that helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To the end, keep alert. Watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. I'm going to pray for you now, but before I do, I'm going to make a statement. Your attitude will determine your altitude. Your attitude tonight, tomorrow, next week will determine your altitude. Keep a godly attitude. Speak the word of God with boldness. Be positive about your victory. The first act of maturity is accepting total responsibility for yourself and your actions. We're going to do that tonight. Come, let us pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We take responsibility for our lives and our actions Father, I thank you for the, the helmet of salvation, the feet that are shot with the gospel, sword of the spirit, and we thank you for that armor. We thank you that we're more than conquerors tonight. Thank you for providing for us financially. I pray you'll heal those that have got pain and sickness. I pray that you'll provide the finances for grace, Bible Church, and Bishop Moses and his wife, that they will be blessed coming in and that they will be blessed going out. You see, Jesus said you must be born again. So we start with thank you, Lord, that we can come to you, that we can be born again. We can receive you into our lives as our Lord and our Savior. Thank you, Father, for giving us sins, for washing us in your blood, for coming to live in us. Thank you there's new creatures in Christ, Behold. In Christ we are brand new. Old things have passed away. So what's happened in your past, forgetting those things which are behind. You move on with Jesus as your Lord and you have invited him into your life as your Lord and your Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving them. We receive it. We believe it today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.